Welcome to LAPUX Lessons. This podcast is a growing collection of conversations with thought leaders in the online professional development space. Here at LAPU, our award-winning team strives to create world-class online learning experiences that put humanity back into learning. Join us on our journey to innovate in the online classroom and show the world what learning feels like. Welcome to today's episode of LAPUX Lessons Podcast. My name is Calista Dawson, and I am a senior instructional media designer here at LAPU. I'm so happy to be with you here again. Today, I am joined by Reg Codrington, who is our LAPU chaplain, amongst other things, but that is how I know him. And I've invited him here today to speak with us on the topic of the hope of Christmas. So Reg, on that note, I would love to just turn it over to you and hear all the wonderful things you have to share with us. Thank you so much. And what a, a wonderful time of year to be able to speak about hope, the hope of Christmas. And obviously, whenever we talk about Christmas, everybody thinks that somebody like me who makes a living from the Bible will dash off to Matthew and Luke and deal with the birth of Jesus, which is always a good thing to do. But I'd like to do something different today. I'd, I'd like to take us back into the Old Testament to the prophecy of Isaiah where uh, we come across a few of the prophecies relating to the coming of Jesus. And why I particularly want to focus on them is because the theme at that time was hope in very dark days. And I think that we are living through a period, I don't think I know, we all know we're living through a period in the world that is not an easy one. The last few years have been very difficult for many people. There's been lots of sadness, there's been lots of loss. And it made me think about uh, the prophet Isaiah. He was speaking to a nation at a time when they were under huge pressure for a whole lot of reasons. It was not too long after he wrote that they were going to get carried off into captivity. Uh, And so he was trying to encourage them. And people were coming to him and saying, but there are all these problems. There's an army that's right on the border that wants to attack us. There are people that want to move us completely uh, out of this land. There are people who just don't believe we should even exist. It was a really, really tough time for them. And Isaiah says, let me tell you that there is hope. Now, for them, that hope was actually some distance away because he was going to talk in Isaiah 7.14 about a virgin being with child who would come and his name was going to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And we looking back know, of course, that that was going to be Jesus. But I want to focus rather on Isaiah chapter 9, because in chapter 9, verse 2, he says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Now, I don't know how you're feeling right now, but uh, I know a lot of people who feel like they're walking in darkness. I had a phone call not even an hour before recording this broadcast from a dear friend who's just been diagnosed, an old man being diagnosed with COVID. And it's not easy. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of heaviness around us. And yet here we have the prophet saying to people in those kind of circumstances, hold on, there's a great light coming. 
On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now, what was that light going to be? Well, he says, he tells us in verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I want to just talk for a little while about those four names, which we now know were four names of Jesus. They didn't know about Jesus yet. They'd certainly not even heard of that name. But here we are told in an incredible prophecy that the first thing, the first note of hope about the one who was going to come for them some considerable time in the future, but he was definitely going to come, was that he would be called Wonderful Counselor. Actually, that's a composite term that he would be both wonderful and counselor, not just a wonderful counselor, but he would be amazing. He would be incredible. He would, he would change everything. And we now know he certainly did. Uh, all of history pivot around the coming of Jesus to this world. But he was also called counselor. And it's interesting that when Jesus was actually teaching in the New Testament, you read about this in, in John chapter 14, verse 16. When he said, I'm not going to be with you that much longer. I'm going to leave. But I'm going to ask the Father if he will send in my place another counselor. Another being another just like me. And yet here we are buried right in the Old Testament. That very name where Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit who is going to come, who is going to be called a counselor. But this son himself, who we know as Jesus, was also called a counselor. The Greek word in the New Testament, and I don't like tossing a lot of Greek words around, but this was very interesting. The Greek word is parakletos, P-A-R-A-C-L-E-T-O-S, para. And we use that para quite often in the English language. I like to think, for example, of a paramedic. They're the people who, when you're in trouble, you're very grateful to see them because they'll bring a stretcher and they'll come on either side of the stretcher and they'll pick you up and they'll put you in the ambulance and they'll take you off uh, for emergency treatment. The word parakletos means those who come alongside to help or one who comes alongside to help. How about that as a name for Jesus whom we celebrate at Christmas time? That he's not just a baby in Bethlehem, a baby in a manger with all the lovely stories that go with that. But he came actually to be one who is going to come alongside us, to be through his Holy Spirit, one who would lift us up and carry us when we needed that to happen. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Isn't that a picture of hope? That if right now you're feeling really down, how about the thought? that with Christmas comes a Jesus who wants to come alongside and lift you up. Think about that for a few minutes. Oh, Reg, that is so true. And and it's something we don't normally think about in the Christmas season. Like, like you said, we tend to focus on the baby in the manger, but especially for this Christmas and, and the Christmas we just celebrated in 2020, having that hope through this name of Jesus. It's so strongly felt right now. Right. And absolutely. I know you you mentioned also some other names. Um 
how would the Old Testament people have responded to the name of that child being a mighty God? Well, that would have blown them away totally because there was no thought at any stage in the Old Testament of God actually coming down and being with us. Uh, there were all sorts of myths and, and false religions that spoke about the mixture of the gods and man. But that was not part of the Jewish faith. It was not part of all that was taught through the whole of the Old Testament. Then suddenly, bang, in the middle of Isaiah, we've got this word. This one is coming. He's going to be a child, but he's also actually going to be mighty God. Now, what's special to me about that is it's no good talking about somebody being a counselor who can help you if he doesn't have the power to help you. Nobody, no, no you're somebody coming to me and saying, I'd really like to help you. I'd really like to come alongside you, but I actually can't do it. Yeah, we're told he's the mighty God. He's actually alongside what the Old Testament calls Lord God Almighty, Yahweh, Jehovah, the, the Almighty God, the covenant-keeping God of the Old Testament, is actually going to be the same as this Jesus who is going to come. And so he has all the power. He has all the strength. He's the mighty God. And even though he was going to come as a baby, he was eventually going to show the might that he had because he was going to grow into an adult he was going to be put to death by those who wanted to stop this kingdom from coming to earth and the might of that god was shown in the fact that he resurrected from the dead and he ascended into heaven and we told he sat down at the right hand of the father so it's it's a beautiful picture here that again we don't often think about but jesus coming into this world was not just the baby. And of course, let's just remind ourselves that when the wise men came and offered him gifts, one of the gifts they offered was gold. The gold that you would offer to a king, to a power, to, to somebody who was far greater than just this little baby in the manger. That's such a precious image to hold that even this little baby could be worthy of the gift of a king and a mighty God. The next name on the list was Everlasting Father. And I'm pretty sure the Old Testament people didn't refer to God as their father. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. It was, it, it is in the Old Testament, but it's very rare. Uh, you will find it occasionally, and it's more used in a, a gen generic sense of God being uh, the father, the creator father of all things but of course here that's that's quite different and it's different because when jesus came he introduced to the world the concept of what they say in hebrew the abba father and the word abba simply means daddy it's a very endearing close term and when jesus wanted to teach his disciples how to pray he said you start out by saying our father and that, that would have just been mind-boggling to them because they'd never, ever felt that kind of relationship. They, they knew that God was amazing. They knew that God was powerful. They knew that he could work all the amazing things he did in the Old Testament. But the thought that one could actually have that kind of relationship with him was very hidden 
it was there. You can actually find it in parts of the Old Testament, but it wasn't well known. I was just studying the book of Malachi this week, and I, I came across the thing there where, where the Almighty God says to the faithful people, I want you to be mine, and I'm going to make you my treasured possession. In other words, I want to enter into a relationship with you. And Jesus then comes along and calls that a relationship between father and children. And there's, a, there's another exciting thing here, because remember, this is Jesus now being called everlasting father not the father being called the father it's jesus being called the father which is a reminder to us of course that also buried in scripture right from the first verses of genesis but opened up beautifully by jesus in john 14 and john 16 is this concept of a trinity the fact that god is plural god is father son and holy spirit now jesus has already been introduced to us as spirit the counselor now he's been introduced to us as father he is this one and the same. And when Jesus in, in John talks about asking for the counselor to come, he also says, I'm going to ask the Father and we will come to you. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So here you have the doctrine of the Trinity buried in Isaiah chapter 9, which Jesus then unpacked for us so fully in the New Testament. So there's this lovely thought of of Jesus, well, again, you don't think about that at Christmas, do you? Jesus being father. We think of Jesus being the baby, and we think of Joseph as, a, as his human father um, and his father remaining in heaven, as it were. But here you have this reminder that he wants a relationship with us. And if that doesn't give us hope, then I don't know what will. Uh, because here we've got the one who's the mighty God, capable of doing whatever he wants to do. He wants to be a counselor who comes alongside us, and he says, call me dad. That's just beautiful to me. You know, I feel very fortunate that I have an earthly father who has set a good example for me of what that relationship can be like. And I feel equally fortunate that because of that, I latched on to that concept very early in life. As a child, I understood God as that loving father. And the way you're presenting this now, like I almost feel... I almost feel sorry for the Israelites that they didn't understand that and that mm, this wasn't yes. a reality for them. Yes. And and it makes me feel blessed now on, on this side of Jesus is coming that I have that relationship and that hope in him as the, the everlasting father. Amen. And that piece of the everlasting also gives me hope because, mm. you know, my earthly father is not everlasting but my heavenly father is and Amen. beautiful that is mm. something that i treasure greatly on that note <laughs> um, <laughs> we we keep mentioning you know christmas is right around the corner we're we're almost there to that very special day for us christians to celebrate and this last name on the list of prince of peace it makes so much sense for this time of year that this would bring hope to us, especially mm. in the middle of a global pandemic. But how would the Israelites have seen it back then? Well, I think not too differently from us in terms of the hope that it would bring, because they were facing a situation of potential war. Uh, they were facing potential devastation. And to actually be told that one was coming 
who would be both a prince, that means he has power and authority, but would bring peace. They must have just longed to have that peace. Now, of course, we know that when Jesus came, it didn't actually bring worldwide earthly peace in the sense that everybody stopped fighting with each other because sin is in the world and sinful men and women will, especially men, will always fight against each other in the world. And it's, uh, it's just one of the huge sadnesses. There must be a sadness on God's own heart that uh, there is this kind of discord and war and killing and everything in the world. But of course, Jesus' coming was to say, I can give you a peace in spite of that. One day there's going to be that total peace when all sin has been done away with and uh, there's a new heaven and a new earth. But the, the beauty of the coming of the Christ child, do we remember what the angel said? That he was going to come and on earth peace on whom his favor rests is one of the translations. In other words, he didn't come to say all war is going to stop, much as I'm sure he would have loved to have stopped all war. But he sets his favor on you and me if we have that relationship that we were talking about a few minutes ago. If we've begun to call God our Father, then he gives us a relationship, a very beautiful relationship, and he says, I'm going to give you peace. And why do we need that right now? Peace in our hearts. When uh, the world is just in turmoil, where the pandemic is just doing so much damage, where we're just wondering, are we going to face another year of this? We hoped at the end of last year that it would be over in 2021. It hasn't been. If anything, it's been worse. What is 2022 going to be like? Well, let's hear this, everybody. The Prince of Peace says, I would like to give you peace that passes understanding in your heart. Let it rule, as Paul puts it, let it rule your heart. In fact, the original word where Paul speaks about that is, let it be an umpire. Let it decide that you should accept the peace of God. Because then if we've got a face lack of peace around us, it's like the sea, where the surface of the sea can be all full, even of a tsunami. But if you go deep down, you'll find it's always peaceful. And that's what God is offering to you and to me at this Christmas time. And that's what I want to just try and bring across in this verse, that, that we have the counselor who wants to come alongside us, and he's wonderful. We have the mighty God who has the power to do whatever he chooses to do in your life and mine. He's also the everlasting Father who just longs for a relationship with us. What a privilege. What a humbling thought. And then he says, but I'm the Prince of Peace. Will you take the peace now and let it rule in your hearts through this Christmas season and through all the year that lies ahead? Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us, Reg. I mean, you almost got me crying over here. That was so beautiful. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you were able to come and be a part of our Christmas episode. I think this was such a perfect way to, to honor this season through our podcast. And I'm so hopeful that our audience will get out of this conversation what, what you've so beautifully presented. And that is that our hope this Christmas is Jesus himself. And, and he's available to have a relationship with 
right now. And all you have to do is just accept that gift of hope in your heart. Yes. And you too can have that relationship with this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. It's, it's right Amen. there for you, a free gift. Thank you so much for joining us today and have a wonderful, merry, hope-filled Christmas. Thank you for listening to this episode of LAPUX Lessons. We hope that you had fun learning something new today. If you did, please take a few seconds to review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We value your feedback so highly because we are doing this for you. Come connect with us on social media so we can get to know you better. All of our channels are listed in the show description. Before you go, we want to invite you to visit x.lapu.edu to see the courses that our awesome team has created. Check back often as we are always developing new offerings. Or you can subscribe to this podcast where we will announce and feature new courses as they become available. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, this is what learning feels like.